Welcome to Shoulder to Shoulder LAFC Podcast. This is episode 13. I am your host, Chris, with my co-host, Jonathan. And our other co-host, Christian, is still in Morocco. And in studio today, we have Ben and Imelda from Relentless and Relentless Ladies. Thank you very much for coming in, guys. Thank, Thank you, you so for, having, for us. having us. I'm glad to finally be back. You know, just uh, been back from Paris, drank a lot of wine off of uh, Jonathan's recommendation. Man, he <laughs> is... He is the impromptu psalm of the podcast. He gave me a lot of good recommendations, and I appreciate that. Thank you. Oui, oui, c'est bon. <laughs> Welcome back. We are uh, ecstatic to have you back, man. That's great, man. You filled in great for me while I was gone, and the uh, story time with Ray was amazing. Dude, anytime you get to sit and chat football and chat supporter culture with Ray, I mean, that's, uh, that's a pretty cool thing to be. That was a great interview. Thank you. Yeah. So, obviously, the big thing to talk about while we get started in this podcast is the 4-0 to zero win over the, at last week's power rankings, number two, DC United. Yeah, so much for the number one ranked defense. Uh, so much for my game prediction as well, too. Perhaps I should uh, scrap trying to, uh, trying to go that route as we said, oh, defensive game, defensive <laughs> what was game. It? What was it, 2-1, I believe? Oh, we let Ray make the call 2-1. I don't think uh, Christian or I went so far as to uh, do anything other than back him up in that call, but... I mean, I called it on the show that it was going to be a defensive-oriented game, and you know everybody was going to have Far to. Far from it. Yeah, nope. Yeah, I thought it was going to be tough, but our boys pulled it through. I mean, it was pretty amazing to see what they did with regards to cutting off some of those bad passes we saw coming out of the back from DC United. I mean, I think almost every single one of our goals came from an interception at that point. So maybe if DC United completes their pass on a little better. They just take a long time to build up their offense, and I think we press them and we're able to sneak uh, some past them. You know, and I think that, like we've talked about all season long so far, there has been this trend where teams try to play us more physically than they normally would, and I think that DC United kind of came out and tried to finesse around us, and it didn't work, and we got three goals up on them, and then they tried to get physical, and that's when they got a red card. Yeah, I mean... That was a pretty dumb move there from Rooney. It almost looked like he just wanted off the pitch. And he knew point. it, yeah. As soon as the reach for the back pocket, he was shaking hands and saying his goodbyes. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, yeah, he was probably halfway off the pitch before the red card was put away, but yeah. Uh, yeah, and you, you saw the frustration on um, Lucho Acosta's face when he came out, too. It was, we stifled him, you know. And what's that, the fourth red card now against us? Yeah, yeah and I think it, three of them on, on Rossi, so yeah. These teams, I feel like it's just a constant trend. These teams have to play physical against us in order to try and mitigate the attacking power that we have. And because it, at some point it's like, okay, you can't be so physical that you're totally being blatant and people are getting cards for it. And, and it's showing that, you know, the only way to really try and be effective against us is to be physical, but there's the risk involved with that. Well, we have a bunch of speedsters around the physical guy, Dio, and I think we've seen that, you know, the pace is just too much for teams, and they got to reach out to try and pull us back, and the ref's always going to card you in that case, especially you go spikes in right into the back of somebody. I mean, it was a flagrant yeah. red. I was happy the VAR corrected that, got it right, how they missed that in the first place. Uh, you know, maybe he's getting the superstar credit, but, you know, hats off to assistant referee for once, getting a call right. So many times we bag on them for going to video and still getting the call wrong. I think at least this time they got the call right. You didn't see anybody in D.C. saying otherwise. So, no, I mean, yeah. You know, and then you did just mention Damadio Monday. I haven't heard anything. You know, it's Tuesday that we're doing this recording. We still haven't heard anything about his injury that he had. 
And, you know, you just kind of really hope that nothing is very serious with that injury. I don't believe we've had a practice since then that anyone's talked about. Certainly nothing opening to the public. So who knows if he's just still resting and probably hasn't had a chance to have that few-day evaluation. Well, I do know, so from the emails that I get from the PR department, they did have a practice today. So the fact is, is yeah, yeah, they did have a practice today, but we still haven't heard anything. Yeah, I'm hoping recovery-wise, you know, just give Dio a little bit of time, you know, maybe a week. We've got the depth. You know, something we didn't have, you know, maybe last year is quality of depth at position, so we can go two, three deep sometimes. So who's your forward, though, that now, let's just say Dio has to miss a game and we've got Christian Ramirez starting a forward. Who is, is it Adrian Perez? Possibly. I think a lot of people are clamoring for Fito. Of course, but if, I mean, Fito's been hurt every game so far. Well, he was... But he was cleared, though. He was cleared medically, but I don't think he may have been match ready. Yeah. Against DC, so, you know, we've got a week. We've got Cincinnati coming up. You never know. Yeah, I know a that'd lot be, of fans would be, be happy. I would. If, I want to see him. If yeah. Dio's not in, I feel Ramirez has got the start. He's earned that. No, of course. I'm and just I think, looking. And I think more he needs so the like who who would be the who would be the backup uh, based on what decisions Bob's made so far and what we've seen. You know, as far as the bench, it, you'd have to feel it's Perez's job right now. Fido, I think, needs to you know maybe step in a little later once he's had a chance to work back into match fitness from the injury. You know, maybe we see him in some of the other competitions that are going to be coming yeah. down the pipe here pretty soon. I don't want to push him onto the pitch too soon just because the fans are clamoring for him, and I get it. I mean, you know, my heart goes out to people that are, you know, rooting about this from a national team perspective. Oh, yeah. I mean, if we, if we got a German national team player and he was in the same <laughs> position, I'd be, I'd be beside myself. So, I, you know, I totally respect that. But I think prudent thinking is we want what's best for the player and best for the team. And putting him in too soon, if that's the case, you know, if he hasn't reached match fitness yet... You know, that's, that's fair. That's, that's fair. Yeah. Right. Yeah, of course, you don't want to put him in before he's ready. But, I mean, it's just to even highlight Adrian Perez. I mean, that, that guy, his pedigree and where he came from is almost like such humble beginnings. And to see him not only... Because I remember when he was a trialist, there was so much speculation about him being a trialist and that it's like, hey, he's coming from an uh, indoor soccer league and that they didn't think that that he was going to make it. So not only to make it, but to be someone who is on the 18 and now to be someone that's getting time. It, I mean, it's just a credit to his uh, drive. Yeah, it was perfect for him to come in against New York with the, you know, foosball field that they have out there, you know, in tight spaces. It was a perfect opportunity for him to come in. And I think he filled a great spot against New York. And I think he, he held his own against D.C. Yeah, you know? I, I mean, I think he hasn't perhaps made the best case for himself. And it would be nice to, now that he's gotten his feet wet, see him go out there and be... You know, a little more accurate in the passing, a little more confident in what he's doing. Well, and there was even a couple shots in the game that he missed, you know? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to rag on the guy too much. No, 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 we're not ragging, but it's just the fact that, you know, I I mean, like you said, now that you've gotten your feet wet, maybe the game jitters out, you're hoping to see the potential that uh, that Bob probably sees in him. Well, and as Dio goes out, one player comes in. The same could be said for El Munir, who made his debut. What would you guys think of his performance? Oh, man. I think I think he did okay. I mean, again, it, it's it's limited minutes, and for a team as strong as ours that can go that deep, sometimes it is tough to 
get people in that are, you know, not on the starting 11. Well, not only that, too. I don't think you typically put in a defenseman as a sub. A lot of times it's the midfielder or the forward. So it's if you are a defenseman that's sitting on a bench waiting to get put in, you know, it's it's a little bit less of an opportunity. So, you know, I thought that Bob probably took the opportunity that we were up in a situation where it's like, hey, let's see what this guy can do. Yeah, well, given what we gave up to get him, I think we'd all like to see him play a large and successful role with Absolutely. the club. Absolutely, yeah, because, uh, you know, Jao Moutinho was, you know, he was somebody that was a starting 11 for, you know, a good part of last season. Yeah. You know, yeah, right and, and, you know, the first pick in club history and all that as well, too. There yeah, and it, a looks, lot it looks like he's thriving down in Orlando. You know, he's, he's yeah. doing well. Yeah, so. wish him all the best, for yeah. sure. But in the same respect, that was the price of an El Munir, so we'd like to see yeah. some, some return some on return. the investment, absolutely. I mean, obviously that performance overshadowed by our second hat trick in back-to-back weeks. First, uh, MLS record. MLS yep. record. Yes. First time a road team has had back-to-back hat tricks. That's a pretty impressive thing to see. Absolutely. And, you know, it couldn't have come from two better people from two of our designated players and Vela and Rossi. And, I mean, they literally are the goal scorers of our club. And it's, it, you know, it's just, it's amazing. You know, it's, it's not something that is by happenstance or chance. These are people that are grinders and they are scoring goals and, and producing quality plays every game. I mean, they're both at the top of the statistical categories for nearly everything an attacker can do. Can't ask for much more than what we've seen out of the two of them so far. I just hope they both stay. I just, you know, it's like, I mean, you got to figure Rossi's in his early 20s, and so the idea of him getting poached by clubs in Europe or any uh, anyone in, in that matter, you just, you're yeah. just worried, you know? With a statement like Garber saying that, you know, they want to be a selling league, it's always fear when somebody is doing well. That's the question that always comes up is, are they leaving? Right. You know, and which is, you know, on, on another side, it, it's good for us, for the league, for the team to be, you know, if they're going to Europe, if they're going to, you know, Mexico for like a Tigres where they're, you know, paying top dollar for everybody. It's a good mark on us that we're producing good talent. Yeah. Is and he it, the best young player in the league? Oh, I mean, didn't the, I felt like MLS did a thing where it was the top 20 players under 20 or something like that. It was he was like number two or number three. I mean, he is. With Has he bullet. jumped to number one? I don't even remember yes. who number one was, but. Uh, there you go. So I yeah. think that's a pretty bold If you can't name number one, then that's number one. So I know that Tristan, uh, Tristan Autry, who was a defenseman for Philadelphia, was in the top five. But, I mean, other than that, I don't really remember too many players that were on, on that list. But um, yeah, The production Rossi's putting out is, uh, it really can't be matched other than Mr. Vela himself. And not only is Rossi producing goals, but he's also producing red cards as well, too. We saw him draw his third red card of the four that have been issued to us. So he, he's producing in a number of ways, and obviously... You know, Vela is too, and it's no surprise they both made Team of the Week. And then from EA Sports, Vela gets our Player of the Month. So nice to see the boys doing well there. I still want to wave the flag for Segura. I feel like (laughs) his omission from Player of the Week is just an atrocity at this point, and we need to be picketing. Yeah, and at the rate that Atuesta, you know, in the midfield is getting Team of the Week honors, I think Segura is the the same. He's right there with him. You know, sometimes statistically goals and assists for a defenseman is kind of tough to hard to come by, but the effect that he's had on our defense compared to last year is unbelievable. That's why we can push up and play that high pressure with the confidence of our defense going to be there. Betashore, Segura, how many stops do they have against D.C.? We may be looking at a you know 3-2 game, 3-3 game, 4-3 game yeah. without Betashore standing on the back line with his heels on the back line blocking shots. And, oh, know. I think he might have had more saves than Miller. It's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
but we love you, Tyler. We we don't know disrespect. Oh man, Tyler. <laughs> hey, we love you, Tyler. Every, every, everyone knows, do. man. Tyler Miller, number one fan for me at least, man. That, <laughs> that man's got it, man. That's my favorite player. Love uh, you, you. You get a chance to uh, go on my Instagram and see my reaction to seeing him walk into the post game party the other day. It's about <laughs> one of the most hilarious things ever. Shout out to Max from Lucky's for snapping that that, that <laughs> candid photo of me with the dumbest look of surprise you'll ever see on a gringo's face. It was hilarious, man. You got to check it out. Of course, that is at Boozology on Instagram, and you can follow the podcast at LAFCS2S on Instagram, Twitter, and all forms of social media. Yeah, a little um, cool recap there from uh, the U.S. Women's National Team game, which was a blast. If you didn't get a chance to come out to the bank, you missed quite a show. Uh, we put on a huge performance in the stands. 32-52 showed up. Barra 76, the new supporters group for the U.S. National that's Team, it. Bar, was there. Barra 1776, man. That's a new supporters group starting here in Los Angeles that is meant to be all-inclusive of all fans that are looking to support the U.S. men's and women's national team. Yeah, I mean, just like the wind is trying to blow my house down in the background <laughs> right now. Um, you know, we were uh, certainly making some noise uh, for the ladies out there. The 99ers were in the house and, you know, obviously Boss Mia and uh, those amazing women who put on quite a show for us. One of my favorite moments watching soccer all those years ago and certainly a, a huge inspiration for my little sister to go and play soccer was watching that team. So it was pretty cool that we got to see them come out on the pitch and celebrate. And then the 3252 who were hanging out in the fields after the game, something I, I highly recommend you doing. You'll never know who shows up. And uh, lo and behold, the 99ers showed up there as well too. So if, if you weren't yeah, there, you missed out quite yeah. a showing from the fans, quite a showing from the ladies out there who crushed Belgium 6-0. And then some pretty amazing show of support for the fans from Mia and all the ladies on the 99ers team who came out and took photos with the 3252. That was that was a really cool thing to see after the game, and, and, and thank you for that. But I'm excited, though. I'm, you know, I'm excited for the uh, women's national team for this upcoming World Cup. I mean, defending champions, and you know they've got the nice, beautiful three stars above the U.S. crest, which is amazing to have, and trying to get a second one in a row. Yeah, you know, in the words of... Uh, the stands from the game we want four stars <laughs> there you so, go so you know that's that's my two thought uh, I, two cents on but it. it's it, but exciting and they're they're playing in france right that's where it's at oh yeah it's gonna be great it's gonna be a great great game I, that's coming up this summer so if you guys want to check out and support the u.s women's national team that's uh coming up the world cup uh, in just a couple weeks so but, not only is it pretty cool oh. to see 3252 out in the community for the u.s women's national team but coming up this weekend, 3252 will be back in the community at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena on the 27th for the Autism Speaks campaign. So if you get a chance to come out to the Rose Bowl on Sunday, march with everyone and help raise some money for Autism Speaks. I know a lot of the 3252 groups will be out there this weekend, so another great chance to see us win in the community. Is there a, there website? Well. Is there a yeah. website associated with that? Yes, you can go to AutismSpeaks.com or you can follow social media for the 3252's Vice President, Mauricio Mo out there. Uh, he's posted a lot of stuff about it. Lots of the supporters groups have shared pictures of their logo redone with the puzzle piece like you would see for Autism Speaks, Very which cool. you can always go to AutismSpeaks.org. Uh, and you can come on out and see the event uh, out at the Rose Bowl on the 27th. So that's that's going to be a really cool thing in the community to see the 3252. And, you know, if you love supporting, standing shoulder to shoulder with the community, that will be a great thing to do if you're in the Pasadena area. Excellent. And on top of that, too, the uh, 3252 is going to be at the bank this Saturday, along with hopefully the other 18,000 fans for our game 
against the brand new boys. This was us last year, and so we're going to welcome in the brand new boys, FC Cincinnati. They're going to be at the bank Saturday, April 13th at 7.30. That should be a good one. Hey, you know, we'll be there Christmas Tree Lane. Uh, Mandy and I will be there a little early saying hi to everybody. Come on over, say hello. Maybe we'll have some pins there. Pins are in. Oh. I don't have them. I have to say, but uh, the pins are in, and I will find a way to get them to Jonathan before this uh, upcoming weekend. We've also got our Easy Up tent coming up. That is on order. That should be here before this game this weekend. And I think the stickers are supposed to be in by Friday, too. So we might just have everything in ready it's to go, except for our scarves. We don't, we, don't, we don't have any more of our scarves. We have to put them in on order. But um, Scarves will be back, perhaps even a new edition. Hey. So if you have that first one, uh, put it in your safe, uh, send it to the Smithsonian. Never going to see it again, ever. Piece of history, that's for sure. So uh, speaking of the 3252 community, we have our guests with us today from Relentless. Guys, hello. Welcome. Thank you for coming. Yeah, let's, let's, Thank uh, you for inviting let's jump us. into this hello, interview hello. because this is, for those of you that are new to the 3252 or have been, you know, part of the 3252 this story of Relentless is an interesting one. It's an original story, and it's it's got a lot of different... It's got a very unique path, and, and we're going to talk about that today. And so, like I said, the biggest, the biggest thing that I want to say thank you to them for is that the 3252, the Relentless section of the 3252, they are the Orange County supporters for LAFC. So they... Ben and Imelda, they drove all the way from Orange County into the San Fernando Valley. We on... flew. No, I'm kidding. I'm yeah. Kidding. <laughs> yeah no, it's, you know, it, on, on a Tuesday night, we had to make sure that we could figure out a way for them to come out to avoid the typical L.A. traffic. So thank you very much, guys, for driving out from Completely uh, worth Orange it. County. No, thank you for having us. Thank you for having yeah. us. We appreciate it. So let's get right into it. Tell us a little bit about your guys' backstory. You know, did either of you guys play soccer? Did you guys grow up in a soccer-playing family? You know, and if you guys did... Who was your soccer team growing up? Sure. So, ladies first. Oh, thank you. Um, so, yeah, big time soccer. Um, our father, since the beginning, we were always, you know, watching Mexico on the TV. Soccer was always on, whether it was Premier or Liga, something was always on. It was either soccer or Sabado Gigante. It was one of those two <laughs> in the house, always growing up. You know, unfortunately, growing up, we weren't able to afford to be put in league. So, you see us always playing in the street. And the way you would score in our little neighborhood is you would hit the car. <laughs> so <laughs> you hit that car, you scored a goal, hit this one. But yeah, um, grew up, big soccer fans. And then we had our kids and my son, the moment I was like, you can walk. Guess what? <laughs> You're going into soccer. Loves his AYSO. And then we met dad here and then dad started coaching a soccer team. So that was real good. And watching them and watching the kids and how he was with the kids and we had difficult kids on the team and they they listened all the parents were like what you they don't listen to me but they're listening to coach so that was that was real good to see well you know a lot of times those kids you know it's like <laughs> they don't want to have the fun taken away you know so the person yeah. that's providing the fun <laughs> they want to listen to yep, yeah listen to coach and the funny thing is my background is i had never coached before i didn't play as a kid mm -hmm. but i'm a very quick learner so youtube is my best friend Shout out YouTube TV. Um, but um, Pepsi. <laughs> Future sponsor of the week. But actually, learning Pep Guardiola's system and how simple it was, I was able to break it down for the kids, and the kids loved it because it was so straightforward and simple. Me growing up, my first memories of soccer, I was actually born in LA. My, you know, my grandfather 
was an immigrant from Lithuania. So 1990 World Cup watching Lithuania play. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you that can't see, Jonathan just got really excited. He did Hands a cartwheel. <laughs> <laughs> so my first memories of soccer football was watching that with him. You know, fast forward to, you know, 1996, walking around high school with my buddy and was like, hey, there's a league starting. Oh, there's a team in L.A.? Cool. We're going to watch them. But from that minute on, nothing they did kept me as a fan. So that's my only memory was, oh, hey, we're going to be a fan. And then that was it. Fast forward to 1997, traveling in Israel, being at a championship game for Beitar Jerusalem, watching and those fans. The only thing that I've seen that rivaled it is being in 3252, because that is to the true ultra definition of flares chanting going for 90 plus, going for an hour and a half before the 90, 90 minutes, halftime, 30, 45 minutes after the whistle blows, still going. That is something that was only matched with 3252 for me. Chelsea fan watching the excitement of Dortmund for some games, but as soon as we heard LA was a team, I saw what they were doing for the community, being about LA, being about the fans. Growing up as, you know, playing football, you know, wrestling, being a sports fan for life, we're big Raiders fans. Um, so oh, seeing. <laughs> so, yeah. Are you a Raiders fan too? I mean, I was born in Oakland. There you I go. Thought, dude, I thought we were going to be able to get <laughs> I got to be honest, and this, this might score me some negative points. I hate the NFL. I just oh, I can't, well. dude. I just can't watch football. It is, I don't know, for me, it's just one of the most boring games out there. And, and I'm weird because, like, uh, you know, I mean, I love baseball. I'll watch cricket, and other people fall asleep to those games, and, and I find it riveting. And, and NFL, for me, just never. No, sorry. Well, the crazy thing is this. We got married in last October. Our honeymoon was, again, we're big Raiders fans. We went up to Oakland. I'm sorry. We <laughs> So, and our dream was to sit in the black hole. Even sitting in the black hole still did not match what we experienced in the North End. I mean, oh. don't take us wrong. Like, it was fun. Everyone was very like, congrats, let me get you a beer, screaming and yelling. But, you know, it's just not the same. It's different. You know, it I, think, I think it's the organized collective movement that the 3252 is that's different than a lot of American sports fanatics. Yes. It's capos, capo stands, organized culture, organized yeah. supporter culture. Which I is mean, different yes. than a lot of other MLS clubs, too, because they have capos and they each supporters group may have their own capo. But if these and supporters groups are not right, but I mean, even if you look at other supporters groups, there's only so many that are getting recognized amongst the MLS. You know, you'll talk about Timbers Army, you'll talk about the supporters in Atlanta, Section you know, Eight in Chicago. Right. But but there are other groups that even if the supporters are right next to each other, they're not always on the same page. And so they're not getting recognition like that. And so I think that the thirty two fifty two has done a good job of making sure that all of the people that are in the North End are on the same page and that they're all working together to make the North End what it is. Most definitely. Because regardless of the section that we're sitting in, Capo, regardless, you know, if it's the girls or the guys, they get us going. We send in all the little parts of it. Same. Same feel. It just... So are it, you a Capo good. for... No. No? No. D does the Relentless have Lady Capos? Not yet. So... It's coming up though, right? Like the the women's day, the, there's like a women's takeover day, right? It's it's coming up in a couple of weeks or something, right? I believe so. 
I believe so. I don't know the actual date yet, though. Okay. So is that, I mean, are you guys looking to see if there's anyone who's interested in oh, trying to... I Well, yeah, definitely. It's Very something cool. I'm interested in. Very cool. Hoping yeah, to reach that, out to somebody. I mean, that's, and... that's a beautiful... I mean, so f- what I'm talking about it, it, for the people that are the listeners right now is that uh, the thirty two fifty two has a ladies takeover day, and I believe that it's just going to be lady capos all all match long, right? It's one of the most beautiful things yeah. I've ever seen in active supporter culture in the United States. You know, when that happened last year, that was a very very special game for many of us in the stands, and I think it's a beautiful thing. I love seeing it come back this year. I love how we have lady capos in the stands. I feel that should be the standard for all clubs going forward. But it's certainly something that I'm very proud of all the lady capos that we have. And anyone who gets up on that stand has my respect. Oh, yeah. And they do such a great job. Every time they're up there, I'm just like, ooh. I'm like, yes. (laughs) The ladies. Uh, You know, I mean, for those of you who were at the U.S. Women's National Team game, there was a cry for, we want lady capos. You know, it was a little tongue-in-cheek. It was not meant as any disrespect. It was just meant in fun. But it was very serious, you know, when we're out there cheering on the ladies, it's appropriate, and when we're out there cheering on the men, I love seeing it as well, too, and it's yeah. something that uh, is part of the fabric of our society. Male, female, non-binary, you have a place in this club. I feel like the Lady Capos bring a different type of flavor to the North End, and because of that, it motivates you in a different way, and so, it, you know, to stand and cheer for 90 minutes, you need to, I feel like you need to be motivated mm-hmm. the whole time you know and so it's like it, it's, it doesn't yeah. it doesn't well no but it, it doesn't become you know mundane or you know you get the different variety of capos and they motivate you in a different way and it, it makes it so much easier to stay active so you know obviously you're here representing the relentless ladies so why don't you guys talk a little bit about relentless uh, your supporters group and then of course highlight the relentless ladies for us as well too and what you guys are out there doing for lafc and the supporters Sure. Relentless was established in 2015, you know, a few years ago. We are one of the original six members of the supporters group that started what is now, you know, the 3252 of the council. Which you pointed out to me, if you look at the 3252, there's six stripes underneath, and that stands for the six original founding members. I I had, you know, it's subtleties like that that I feel like the 3252 does that you don't, you know, you have no idea what they necessarily stand for until somebody tells you. And that's a, that's a beautiful thing. Symbolism. We were one of the originals. And as every group goes through, you know, either be it ups and downs or reincarnations, different um, leadership takes over, groups go through changes. So we're now kind of in a, you know, if you call it a rebirth, a, you know, a resurgence, a re-energizing of relentless we started making a big push in november of last year i took over as president i was presented honored with the the chair by our previous president mo and at that time that was kind of the birth of relentless ladies as well that was one of the things that we wanted to put in place you know along with my wife imelda kind of brought up the idea well she's like you know i'm I'm surrounded by guys you know and um it's we want to make sure that we have something for the ladies too, be it the the wives, the girlfriends, you know, yeah. or ladies that you know Just love. Want to be involved, yeah. Exactly. We, we want to make sure that the we have a voice, and it's not that 
you know, the group Original Relentless didn't give us a voice. I just wanted us to be equal and represent more than just, like, tailgating and chanting. We want to use, like, LAFC as kind of like our platform. Like, Relentless Ladies are more on the community outreach of it. Because it does take a lot to try to do in a group, like, you know, the marketing part of it, getting everything together for tailgates. Like, it's a lot. So I just figured the ladies can do more of the community outreach stuff. We're very involved with the child um, abuse prevention in Orange County. So anytime you guys are out there, tailgate, feel free to drop off a toothbrush, <laughs> some toothpaste, any toiletries. That's good um, to me. But Accepting donations. You guys heard it here. Christmas Tree Lane. Yes. <laughs> Relentless ladies. They drop take, off some toiletries. Yep. They take gifts all year round, not just for Christmas time. They always needing anything and we're more than welcome to... We're always donating to them, so I love that our group is very involved with that. They were just like, okay, ladies, we have a voice, and we just kind of like formed our own. So anytime the guys were coming in, be like, hey, do you have a wife, girlfriend? Have them come in. Don't feel that you need to leave them at home. We have a place for them here. So since November, I mean, and so we're in April now, so how many women uh, represent Relentless ladies. Right now we have Kristen and Marie. Marie just brought her girlfriend Issa on. And we have Selena Michelle. And so we have five ladies right now. Very cool. Yeah, we have a prospect. We just met her over the weekend, Taylor. She was real nice, liked her. She's into soccer. Hopefully Very we cool. see more of her now. So if there are any ladies out there in the Orange County area that love LAFC and want to get involved in Relentless Ladies, where do they go? Instagram. So LAFC underscore Relentless Ladies. Just hit us up. The only thing we're looking forward to is, you know, if you guys want to be a part, just show up. Be committed. See how it goes. To see how you guys fit. How we click with each other and then we'll move forward from there. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So I think it's kind of great to see that, you know, I mean, we talked on our last episode about death and rebirth with Chivas USA being reborn as LAFC and supporters and cultures and ideas that came from that club to this one. And with Relentless going through a rebirth of its own, this cycle of regrowth, where do you see this going and where do you want to take Relentless throughout the course of your presidency? Yeah, so um, again, it's to sound like we're, we're overkilling on Orange County. We are. <laughs> <laughs> to to say the least, I'll be honest. We we want to make we want to bring LAFC fans that you know love this team and love the black and gold. We want to bring them together in Orange County. It's funny. There's that invisible line that breaks LA County and Orange County. So for a lot of people, they feel like kind of they're on the outside, or it's you know maybe it's a drive. It, even if it's only twenty thirty minutes, there's still that kind of mental block of right. the, oh the well that's LA line. exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we want to bring people together and say hey you have. An outlet. You have a group of people that love LEFC just as much as you do, and we want to do what we can for the team, for the community, for LAFC. You know, my conversations with Rich, with Pat, with with the FO, with a lot of the, the leaders of the other groups. You know, Commander, Monty, Benny, Chickaline, a lot of these guys that have been here through history of the 3252. That's that's stuff. What I'm learning. I'm newer to the supporters culture and. I've been able to learn from a lot of these guys what it means, what to do as a supporter, what our responsibilities are, not only to our group itself, but the community that we serve. And we want to make sure that our community, what we live in, we want to be able to go to the gas station and go, hey, you're relentless. Hey, you're LAFC. This is awesome. What can I do? You know, we're at Walmart and we want to be able to say, oh, hey, where do you guys watch the next game? You know, can we join you? Can we 
hang out with you. We go to the games and, you know, I, I've heard stories time and time again. And I think, you know, Jonathan, you were sharing showing up with a cooler, you know, at Christmas Tree Lane going, hey, I like this team and walking around. And, you know, I want to hang out with more people other than just the one or two people that I came with. I want to hang out with 20, 50 people, 3,252 people that think the way I do. Now, so I feel like just by close proximity and ease of getting to and from, OC has typically been a galaxy market. So do you guys run into a bunch of galaxy fans? I, you know, is that something that, that comes up or is that just something that I, I feel like is a reality, but it isn't? We, we do. And we have, uh, more so this past weekend, but we just, we're more welcoming to them. We're going to take the higher road. They're going to say a few things and you know what? They're, they're galaxy. But, we're going to still welcome them. But there is them. a galaxy presence in Orange County. There is, but it's more so on, a lot of times what we run into is more so on the paper. It's, you're going to get that with any type of fan that is not a fan of your team. Mm -hmm. They're going to talk crap about your team. Right. And so, again, we're, we're representing the crest. You know, I, I think all of us really take pride in the fact that we can wear the wings, you know, the black and gold with, with honor. And we're going to, you know, we're not going to put a bad name on it. Yeah. And so, you know, like my wife said, it's, it, we're going to take the high road and go, okay, you know. Just because we're not at the stands, not with not in the north end, doesn't mean that we don't still have to abide by how you should act, even if it's at a watch party outside of the bank. Just right. for us, it's, it's always one of those gonna, things where yep. the name on the front is more important than yep. the name on the Definitely. back. Definitely. Yep. So, okay, so in two to five years, where, where would you like to see Relentless and Relentless Ladies be in two to five years? A lot more ladies, more positive outreach in the community. One, it'd be nice to have one whole section <laughs> of all of us, all the ladies, LAFC ladies, uh, you know, all the other girls there, you know, taking over more, just one little capo, just bigger representation of us, but definitely want to get more relentless ladies in our group. Yeah, just um, growing stronger, growing bigger, going stronger. Uh, more so because that way we can have a stronger voice, a louder voice. And again, the things we do for the community, the events that we're having, we want to be able to provide more for our community, as well as, hell, on a Saturday, Sunday, we want to get together and drink some beer and watch some games like everybody else. Mm -hmm. You know, we want to chant, we want to be loud, and we want to be heard from Garden Grove all the way to San Clemente. It doesn't matter. We want our voice to be heard and say, hey, this is the team for the Southland. This is the team of L.A. This is the team for the league. And we want to be the group to do that in Orange County. So, if someone is interested in coming into a watch party with you guys, do you have a regular location or a place where you post locations? We have a couple places that we have had our watch parties at. And we're still kind of in search of, you know, one actual location, but we've definitely had great relationships with the places that we have had watch parties, be it in downtown Santa Ana at El Indio, or we're actually we're going to have our next watch party on the 28th at Wild Crab. So again, it's a, it's a lot of places, you know, Where's small Wild business Crab? owners. Wild Crab is on Garden Grove Boulevard in Garden Grove. Um, our flyer will be coming out um, pretty soon. We always try to make it, you know, right after the, you know, for that week. No, it's a good time. We got we get a great group going. A lot of the cities are backing us now. We met with, we we're privileged enough to meet with some of the leaders of Garden City of Garden Grove, which where we live, and you know, we're we're gonna just get keep that train moving. If I could make a quick plug too, I live in Santa Clarita, and the local pub and grill is where we had our watch party. This past weekend, and we're going to be doing another one on the 28th because, of course, LAFC plays away at Vancouver. 
on the 17th, which is midweek, and that's kind of hard for anybody to yeah. uh, to, to do a watch party, an away mm-hmm. watch party for. The Sunday, the 28th, uh, also for anybody, any of our listeners that are interested, Santa Clarita is going to be having their own watch party for anyone in the Antelope Valley, Bakersfield, or even north northern part of uh, the San Fernando Valley. There's, I feel like the northern part of L.A. and the like northern part of Orange County kind of gets shisted when it comes <laughs> to, uh, you know watch parties or any kind of like community uh, outreach and so i i'm, I'm trying to I, I feel like i feel like i'm there with you you know it's like hey you know santa clarita antelope valley we're all still part of la county but you know it's like a, a lot of the hub for everything is in actual the the downtown la yeah so oddly enough i've had you know conversations with you know you guys are up here we've got uh, empire boys and i think inland element out that way as well and i know they're kind of not so much struggles but they're kind of going through the same things where it's it's a little bit tougher because we are you know on the kind of the outside of the la bubble quote unquote well i think you know look if you pay attention to uh, at lafc's uh, homepage you'll see that there's a list of bar partners there and there's a watch party in virtually every community, but let's say you're in some part of the world and there isn't a watch party near you, start one. You'd be surprised yeah. how this grows. We see little patches of LAFC supporters groups throughout the United States right now, uh, throughout the world. Uh, right. there are- I mean, I threw it together in four days, I got 15 people to show up in yeah. Santa Clarita. Like. That just made me feel so eager to see where it could grow. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's just like, oh, yeah. hey, I threw this, I, I contacted the local ahead of time, but I, I contacted the manager and I was like, hey, it was Wednesday. Hey, could we have a, a, a watch party this upcoming weekend? And he was like, absolutely. So from Wednesday, I made the flyer. We sent it out and 15 people showed up on the weekend. Yeah, I was I like, think all right, even cool. Uh, Dean I knew has a, a guy out in Atlanta that's putting stuff together. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's far reaching. Lutrio, yeah. shout out, brother. Yes, you want to go watch a game in Atlanta. You want to watch a game in Phoenix. You want to watch a game in Bakersfield. You want to watch a game in Orange County, L.A. County, Riverside County. Just got to be on the lookout. Yes. Uh, those watch parties are out there, and you need some help getting something started in San Clemente. You let me know. That's, uh, that's I grew up there, man. So we <laughs> got it. Too. I know some places down in San Clemente. I may have frequented a bar or two down there. Don't go asking for stories about it. <laughs> <laughs> So that's that's really cool, man. There's going to be watch parties everywhere for you guys. So if somebody's looking for that, they can follow you guys on Instagram and reach out to you guys there. So that's what we see from Relentless in the next few years coming. What do you guys see from the 3252 and LAFC in the next few years? Championships. Silverware. Silverware. Silverware, silverware. Champions League, Open Cup. Let's try to get the uh, one, the first Champions League. Two, the what would be the first treble ever. If that's even possible, you know, we, we just get it all. Get it all. I would definitely, you know what, I don't want to see LAFC take their foot off the gas pedal right now. Like, they're they're doing very well, but this is definitely a hard form to, to sustain for the whole season. You know, so I don't want to get too eager about how the season's going to end. That's Toronto, West Atlanta. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, I mean, nobody goes undefeated. Well, well Arsenal wants, but nobody else Not goes undefeated, <laughs> right? So, you know, look, losses will happen. Tough days will come. I just but... I just want us to be able to still be competitive and be able to, to be uh, someone that's, that's feared in the playoffs, you know? If you look at our ownership, you look at our coaching, you look at everything about this team, 
they don't strike me as the kind of team that's ever just going to take a few years off and ride the laurels. That's not happening. No, but I'm I'm more so speaking about this immediate season. Like I, I you know, LAFC's gotten off to a very hot start. I feel like they've picked up where they left off at last season, and they're trying to improve upon it, which I feel like they have. Um, I just I'm also realistic in knowing that it's. It's not easy to maintain this type of performance all season long. So I would just I just really hope that if they do have a slump of any type, that it's more towards the middle of the season rather than the end of the season. Certainly, yeah. yeah. I think we all want a supporter shield. We all want a cup. Uh, nobody would argue with that. Yeah, and I think the depth that Thornton and you know the powers that be have put together we have the depth. We have, you know, we could put together a whole open a cup roster. If we had an LAFC two, um, that team would be unstoppable as well. So I think we're poised to make a strong run. Yeah, I think there would be support for an LAFC two if that ever happened. Obviously, our current partnership slash handshake agreement slash whatever it is with Phoenix Rising uh, seems to be working at the moment. Which, by um, the way, did you see they just signed with some big Turkish organization a couple of days ago? Good for them, money, yeah, money. Yeah, it's. I. I mean, there's a Turkish club that they signed a, like an an agreement with, and that that's almost like their parent company now. So I wonder if that's. I didn't see which Turkish club it was. Fenerbahce. I'll, uh, I'll look it yeah, up right now. Yeah. You guys keep having a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Efforting. Um. So yeah, uh, yeah. I drove right by the Phoenix Rising Stadium actually when I was out there for spring training. I actually didn't realize it was that close to the freeway. Or yeah, how small there. it is. Yeah. My little brother was driving. I was trying to grab my phone. I was like, ah, I took a picture. It looks of like this Legos red from the blur. freeway. Really. Yeah. That's what it reminded <laughs> me. Of. It's we small. Saw it as well. It yeah. is because I, you know, and I went out there for graduation. Back in December, and you know, leaving the airport, and you're driving right by, going to Tempe, and you see, you know, a big old sign says Phoenix Rising FC, and you look, and it's that stadium only holds like three or four thousand people. You I would know? love to see the thirty-two fifty-two take a road trip out there <laughs> that stadium one game with the whole stadium themselves. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just, just, just nothing but black and gold, and uh, well, you know, maybe some red too. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, we could, we could bring a scarf or something. Yeah. <laughs> we'll let them. Uh, that would be a really cool thing to see. Yeah, I'm excited about to uh, see what our partnerships end up going forward. But, you know, speaking of relentless ladies and an LAFC too, Mia Hamm comes out this week and says that LAFC might be looking into an NWSL team, a national women's, uh, you know, are, uh, that uh, having like our That's own. a number one priority. What would you think about having an LAFC women's team and uh, how that would go? Oh, that would be amazing. We'd be right there. One of the first ones would be like, what can we do? Grow it like the G52 did. And we would love to be one of the originals. Let's follow them. Let's do this. What can we do to just blow it up with an insane amount of lady supporters groups? Ah, Galatasaray. Yes. Ah, Galatasaray. All right. That's cool to see a partnership between the two. My sister actually lived in Turkey for a number of years. And so... Uh, she has a bunch of friends that are Galatasaray uh, supporters, so that's pretty cool. Shout out Jennifer, love you sis, you're in Austria right now, and I'm sure you are not listening to this show, but uh, <laughs> uh, I love you anyway, sis. But anyway, so that was, yeah, I just found that out, and I, I, I passed it over to Jonathan, because sh- I'm sure he would be able to pronounce it better than I could have, so, and he did, so perfect, thank you. <laughs> Galatasaray yeah. is a big club, you know, they're certainly up there in, in you know, the Turkish giant, so to speak. So a partnership there between them and Phoenix Rising, that's pretty cool. That means that any LAFC player that we have optioned down there at the moment is going to be 
you know, with, uh, you know, some players for a big club. So that's good to see more talent, more coaching, more money. That's only a good thing for them. But I wonder if that'll carry on to, like, next season, right? So, like, right now there's, like, this unwritten handshake agreement, I feel like, between LAFC and, and Phoenix Rising. And if it continues, then you wonder if that would also then extend to LAFC and Galatasaray. Who would be a nice pipeline to have. I mean, you know, us loaning out, you know. But then um, it could also run into the same issue that NYCFC has with Man City. Yeah, without getting political, Turkey's a volatile place at the moment. I don't know if that partnership, you know, who knows what it is as far as how far it goes. Obviously, soccer culture, there's, uh, you know, a different animal altogether. So, you know, we'll see. I think, uh, you know, initially a partnership with Phoenix Rising. I'd like to see LAFC perhaps be a little more official about that. I think then the 3252 would be a little more embracing of going out there and supporting them. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, if this is all sort of what we're doing now until LAFC2 happens, then that would be a really cool thing. And I certainly think that an LAFC women's team is something that, you know, like I would have to call the old ticketing rep up and, uh, you know, another credit card would have to uh, be thrown down there <laughs> in order to to be in the north end for the ladies that would be a really cool thing to see and, uh, most definitely awesome. yeah especially if we can get me out there to kick a ball for a few minutes too oh, that'd be man. all right i mean you know just having the women's league and the women's national team have they deserve so much respect and so much consideration that we just we have to make sure that that's a huge support if, if it if it ends up coming to fruition well guys we, we really thank you guys for making the drive out here from orange county before we send you home something that is very near and dear uh, to Chris and I's hearts here, something that we like to bring up. What does shoulder to shoulder mean to you? So I know this is a, an audio podcast, but um, one of our previous Relentless Scarves has shoulder to shoulder. The jersey that I'm wearing, what side is it on? I've got uh, shoulder to shoulder embroidered on the bottom right. It's actually something part of our history for Relentless. One of the slogans that, as it's been passed down to me, of course, one of the slogans that, that came up for the team was brought up by our founding members of Relentless that shoulder to shoulder should be one of the slogans. To me, it's nothing can get by a shoulder to shoulder. You know, if there's any gap in the person standing next to me, that's a weak spot. Together, we can accomplish anything. Together, we can't be stopped. That's the only thing we're gonna accomplish more and more is shoulder to shoulder. Yeah, yeah. and especially the fans in the stand, they prove to anyone that shoulder to shoulder just with that jump rally football club that one no matter who's next to you if you guys came together or not you can't tell when we do that right that's arm the arm, best arm in arm jumping together yep exactly absolutely that food right there what but, that club is doing and what we're bringing well we just want to say thank you again both of you for coming down from orange county and making the drive to be a part of our podcast and helping build our podcast. And you know what? We look forward to seeing you guys. And, you know, it's it's been a great episode. If you guys wanted to give us a follow on the podcast, go ahead and follow us all forms of social media at LAFCS2S or uh, look, at a, look us up on our website, www.lafcs2s.com. You will find all of our emails on there uh, with all of our... Uh, background profiles and if you guys have any questions or if you guys want to reach out to the podcast please shoot us an email shoot us up or uh, hit us up on social media and we'll be able to get back to you and if you want to be a guest on the pod in the future please let us know if you have a story that that wants to be told it's this is the platform that it'll be told on so make sure you reach out to us and and we'll get you on at some point so 
Thank you very much, guys. Take us home, Stitch. Take us home. Showed up to showed up. Together, this our culture. Feel the force of a supernova. Stay fly in that FC door, son. Hey, shopping down to Nikki's, Koreatown Liddy. Cape us so mommy, about to drop her fifth. They want me to stop, but I ain't. Come to my house, I'll defend that bank.